now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on everything relating to your home. Whether you are in the real estate market or if you're looking for, you know, decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellez, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Uh, today... We are going to be taking you for a tour, folks. It's always good to catch up on what's going on in other marketplaces in the country. It's been a while since I've done this. You all know what's happening here locally in Greater Victoria. Real estate's always a really interesting thing. But I find it is um, uh, handy to get input from other places across the country. Today, I'll be taking you right across. We're going to end up in Halifax with my friend Thomas Bajoglo from uh, Remax Nova in Halifax. We're also going to be chatting about the market in the Durham region outside of Toronto with Stefan Melanchuk. Uh, and in Vancouver with Kevin Skipworth at Dexter Realty. But we're going to start right off today on the island, just up the street, I like to call it. And my guest right now is John Cooper. John's with EXP Realtor, uh, lo a longtime realtor, good friend of ours, thrilled to have him on. Hey, John, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Tony. Happy to be here. Well, you know, uh, we were up visiting you just uh, just last week or the week before. It was good to catch yeah. up. And uh, always nice to be uh, visiting Nanaimo. Like I said, I always joke it's just uh, just up the street. Um, tell us about what's going on. How's things in uh, in Nanaimo? You know, Nanaimo is really, you know, finally, I would say, coming into its own as a community. You know, we've been the uh, the uh, the future growth stock of the Western Canadian market for a long time, and I feel like everyone's been talking about the unrealized potential of Nanaimo for a couple of decades now, and I feel like we are realizing our potential right now. We are coming into our own as a respectable Western Canadian city, uh, and that's being uh, shown up in the in the demand side of the equation, and showing up in our real estate prices and our trading volume, uh, and uh, lots of exciting things happening here. Um, including finally the, uh, a passenger ferry that's going to connect downtown Nanaimo direct to downtown Vancouver, 70 minute crossing, which essentially makes Nanaimo a suburb of Vancouver as of <laughs> August, 2023, <laughs> August 20. Okay. You and I were talking about this. So this is big news. Now it's not the first time this is, this is actually, this is like the third effort, isn't it? Or something like that. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah we've, we, one's come and gone, uh, uh, a massive failure. And, uh, but I, I believe not only is, do we have, have a, a, a privately funded operator here, which is sometimes better than publicly funded, as you might appreciate, uh, but also the um, the time for this type of connection for these two communities really is now. I think all the other attempts were premature, uh, and uh, this one, I think, is going to be huge. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's just talk about the, the commuter or, you know, the, the suburb yeah. of Vancouver plan. So yeah. ultimately, what could this look like? Like what, what could yeah. it mean? Could it mean people working in Vancouver and residing in Nanaimo? Like, how, how, yeah. as, as an example, what do you, what do you think it could, it could be like? 
Well, I think, you know, a lot of Victor- Victoria is often uh, people from Victoria are often surprised when they hear me talk about just how much how much more connected Nanaimo is to Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, it really I mean, it's 35 kilometers by way the crows fly downtown Nanaimo to downtown Vancouver is 35 kilometers. If you draw a line straight across. Yeah. Uh, and so we are we are close. And uh, I think, you know, if you look at a 70 minute crossing before I could only get to Horseshoe Bay or to Tawas, and now I'm going right to downtown. Vancouver in 70 minutes we've got high speed Wi-Fi guaranteed and they're sort of making fun of the they're making fun of the, the lack BC of reliability in yeah. BC ferries uh, yeah. and so I, they're putting their money where their mouth is in terms of reliable Wi-Fi connection so if we think about people that are I'm from the lower mainland as you know Tony and I lived in White Rock I watched my dad commute for 30 years to Richmond I did it myself for a few years with a commute time ranging from 40 minutes on a good day to two hours on a bad day uh, and it's, you know, there's zero production happening, productivity happening, unless you're uh, listening to audiobooks like I did. Or, so or, if you got a, or you got a chauffeur and you're in the back seat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So 70 minutes uh, is, is not lost time. I can be uh, zooming just like we are now on the ride. So, you know, effectively, my workday could start at 8 a.m. in the morning and the 70 minute cross. I'm catching up on emails. I step off the boat at where the sea bus terminal pulls in in uh, in Cole Harbor there. And, and uh, so uh, walk to the office. I mean, if we think about what's happened in the last few years with COVID and the increased, um, you know, attitude around people saying, hey, I'm going to be working from home today. OK, so we got a bad weather day. I'm working from home today. You know, so I think the feasibility of people living in Nanaimo and working in Vancouver was a bit of a pipe dream before. Yeah. Easily done today, in my mind, with the type of technology Amazing. that we're dealing with right now. So I think it's a game changer for Nanaimo. And uh, and the market seems to agree with some pretty dramatic increases in average sale prices in the last three years. All right. Well, let's talk about that. So what is the average yeah. price uh, right now in Nanaimo? Well, you know, Tony, for about 10 years, if you had me on this show, I would have talked about an average sale price that would have sat right around the 350 mark. And that was Nanaimo's single family detached market price from 2008 to about 2017, if you can believe it. Single family detached at about $350,000, you know, yeah. plus or minus about 25K. Unbelievable. You heard me talking about it for a decade. It always, everyone kind of was like, it seemed too good to be true. Well, it wasn't. And now that average sale price has jumped up to about 830K. Down from a peak of about 895k about a year ago, yep. so we're sitting at about that eight and a quarter average price tag for single family detached here in Nanaimo. Okay, so folks, just in comparison, there. So John's saying eight hundred, uh, sorry, 840k, right? Um, yep. To Victoria's one two fifty thereabouts. So yeah. you know we're seeing you know that's the price differential there, right? And and the bang for the buck in Nanaimo is 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 pretty significant, right? Victoria is a great city. I love it, but in terms of connectivity, I, I don't. I, you know, it's a bit of an in. I have a line for Victoria. I call all the inconveniences of living on the island with none of the benefits. Oh, uh, and-, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> and the reason why I said that is because I moved here from Vancouver to get away from traffic and to get away from expensive real estate. And going from Surrey to Victoria, you don't get away from the expensive real estate and you don't get away from the traffic. So, you know, again, I love Victoria. Make no mistake about it. It's a great city. Uh, well, I- but I live in Nanaimo for a reason. I've, and I've got to say, you know, because we had dinner uh, a couple of weeks ago and we were in the old part of town and man, it has changed. You know, it's just a, it's a cool, vibrant spot. Uh, y- you know, I, I think sometimes people just think of Nanaimo as the long drive 
you know, because it's so spread out, but um, there's a lot to like too. There is, you, you know, like any town, you know, you got to get off the main highway to really appreciate what's here. And I think most people's experience for Nanaimo is getting off the ferry on their way to Tofino, and that's just not a fair shake. Yeah. Okay. So uh, average prices, uh, who's buying? What, what are you seeing? Yeah. So uh, for the longest time, our main buyer group was um, uh, basically other parts of British Columbia and everywhere else in Canada, except the lower mainland in Victoria. It was like yeah. the weirdest thing. Yeah. And in the last four years, it's almost all been Victoria and the lower mainland as the primary, as we still get our Ontario, we still get our Alberta relocations, but the bulk of the demand right now is coming from people that are realizing that the value equation for Nanaimo, for those of us that are used to a Western Canada lifestyle, access to the ocean, access to outdoors, all of those things. We can have that uh, here in Nanaimo without the inconvenience of traffic or fighting for parking, uh, and uh, you know, and 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 be able to get it into an affordable way. So we have the same weather as you. We have all the same things of all these other Western Canadian markets have, uh, with the absence of traffic and uh, and a more affordable real estate price. Oh my goodness! Well, hey John, listen, thanks for coming. If anyone has any questions, wants to talk about Nanaimo real estate, I'm going to put John's contact information on the CFAX 1070 website. Uh, John, thanks for joining us. Let's get you back another time, huh? Tony, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate what you're doing here. You bet. Uh, we need to take a quick break here, folks. We're going to come back and visit Vancouver. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe, taking you for yet another tour across the country because, of course, it's always good to know what's going on in other marketplaces aside from ours. We all know that Victoria is a strong real estate market, and most of you who listen to this program here have come from other places, and in fact, maybe even the places that we're visiting today. But we have had a conversation just before the break with our friend John Cooper over in Nanaimo. Uh, after the next break, we'll be visiting the Toronto area, the Durham region. And then we're going to wrap up our show today uh, going all the way to the Maritimes in Halifax. So with us from just across the water in Vancouver is my friend and colleague. He is managing broker and partner at Dexter Realty. It's Kevin Skipworth. Kevin, thanks for coming. Thank you, Tony. Great to be here today and uh, joining you to talk about real estate. Yeah, well, listen, we need to know about what's going on in Vancouver because that's where you are. So, you know, here we are midway through the year, June 2023. How are things? What's going on? You know, it's been an interesting year. I think every year for the last uh, three years has had its own uh, interesting uh, way about it. So this year, of course, no different. Uh, we thought it would be slower than it was to start and January hit and everybody just started getting back to buying. Um, no inventory, buyers and uh, multiple offers and it's carried through until June and now we're waiting to see what happens with the latest Bank of Canada rate and how that's going to affect things and of course uh, fixed rates uh, climbing a little bit so mm -hmm. still no inventory but it's starting to creep up. So, of course, Vancouver is a marketplace that we're always paying attention to because of the fact that it is the most expensive real estate in Canada. And, you know, we won't get into, into it today because this is not an episode talking about uh, housing affordability, but it just always comes up. How the heck can people buy real estate in Vancouver? Like, it's got to be difficult. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like a ladder. Everybody just keeps moving up the ladder and... Uh, 
people are, are using equity that they built over the years. Uh, the boomers, of course, uh, are a big part of passing down equity. Uh, there's a lot of clear title property out there. Uh, so we've got parents helping their children, but we've also got great uh, employment. We've got a lot of uh, individuals uh, uh, coming in through jobs, immigration, of course. Uh, so there is money out there and there's the ability to to buy property. And, and we're seeing that uh, the market uh, kind of speaks for itself. And I don't think that was any more evident than during COVID when the borders were shut and it was a very local market. And honestly, it's been that since uh, foreign buyer tax came in in 2016 and expanded in 2018. Um, it's it's local and, and the equity's there and people are finding a way. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that's also another thing that comes up often is, oh, you know, in Vancouver, the only people that can afford to buy in Vancouver, it's all these foreigners. The foreigners have flooded the Vancouver market. Uh, and yet here we go. The gates are closed. Not only the foreign buyer tax in British Columbia, but also now the foreign buyer ban, which is national. And yet the market continues to go on in Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And, and you know, this year has not been, it's been an average year. You know, I, I sort of joke and say it's a, uh, it's, it's a balanced market dressed up as a seller's market because the sales activity is, is more balanced, but because of the, the lack of listings, people are competing and, and we're, you know, averaging two months supply um, right now through the market. So it's, you know, people are still wanting to get in, they're buying and finding ways. Uh, the prices aren't the same. I mean, this is not 2021 market. We're not seeing people throw crazy amount of money um, in multiple offers, a little bit more conservative, but, you know, we're, we're seeing six, 10, eight uh, offers more, in some cases, a lot more. Uh, but I expect that's probably going to be less so as we move through the summer, typical summer months, uh, buyers being a little little more engaged in vacations mm -hmm. and also just with the recent interest rate uh, increases and we'll see what happens in July at the next Bank of Canada meeting. So with multiple offers, things that you've seen, experienced or heard about, are you also finding in, in Vancouver that um, offers are typically having conditions on them now as opposed to the unconditional time that we had a year and a half, two years ago? You know, surprising, we're still seeing unconditional offers. Uh, I was just involved in one uh, the other day and uh, an apartment and uh, offer was unconditional. Um, you know, they had all the documents, they did the reviews, um, but uh, we're still seeing that. And, and that's, again, the message with buyers is you need to do your due diligence ahead of time to compete because there are people making unconditional offers. Uh, you know, we have the rescission period now, and, and that provides a little bit of comfort for buyers, but a reminder to buyers that it's not a due diligence period, it's strictly a rescission period. So mm -hmm. a little bit of confusion out there on that side of it, but uh, it's still, we're still seeing that unconditional offer uh, situation. Okay. Uh, let's talk about numbers for a quick second here. Uh, you sent me the market report that, that, uh, that you send out. And there's a lot of data there because, of course, the size of Vancouver is, I mean, it's, you, all the areas, Burnaby, uh, Poco, uh, uh, Langley, all that kind of stuff. But just in general, like what what are, what are we talking about? What is uh, What are people paying? What's the average price in the uh, Vancouver Real Estate Board present? Well, I mean, the average price, it varies so much depending on what part of uh, West Van, the, East Van, West Van, North Van, you know, yeah. what side of Vancouver, even to East side of Vancouver differs. But, yeah. you know, the average price is 1.3 million in all of greater Vancouver, mm -hmm. you know, all property types. So, you know, if you go over to 
the west side of Vancouver jumps up to 1.7 million. So it just depends on on where you're at. But you know, it's uh, condos. Uh, you know, of course, less uh, less. Uh, you know, and they're ranging anywhere from 800 to thousand dollars a square foot, depending on location. Mm-hmm. A little less as you move further out into the uh, suburbs, but. Uh, townhouses continue to be the one type of product which is the, the most scarce out there you know that that missing middle is is so true in the market because that's where you know that's where people can't find well you know it's just amazing for us uh, uh islanders coming over to the mainland driving up granville or oak street and seeing all of those new townhouse developments going up right now and they're being snapped up in in uh, in short order that seems to be a very high demand product right yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just in such short supply. And, and that was, you know, we saw that in, in so far in June is is the the, the sales percentage of, of sales to new listings for townhouses is the highest out of out of detached condo and townhouses. So, you know, 60 to 70 percent of new listings are being sold yeah. uh, or townhouses and, and even condos are higher. You know, we sort of think that there's just mass amount of building of, of condos everywhere throughout Greater Vancouver, but they are, you know, two to three months supply as well. So it's not like we've overbuilt or, or there's that sense that we're overbuilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need the supply. I think it's really important for for people to know, you know, and especially coming from outs, you know, areas outside of Vancouver. Again, this this whole uh, legend that Vancouver Vancouver is so expensive and people can't afford to buy there. And you know, how does it? You know, it must be foreign buyers or whatever. We've established it's not foreign buyers. You said that during COVID, you know, when the lockdown was happening, <laughs> Vancouver was still busy without the foreign buyers, right? Um, uh, and the reality is, uh, uh, it remains a busy place and I, I think one of the key things that i took away from what you just mentioned is um uh, a lot of clear title properties and equity that has been built up over the years uh in a lot of these multi-generational homes right absolutely uh, you know there's so many people that have owned real estate for 20 30 40 50 years and and so they have these properties that that they're able to uh, either downsize or pull money from uh, and and participate in their children's yeah. uh, purchase into the market. Uh, but there's also a lot of people that have saved money and, and we've had a number of clients, younger clients that have saved money and, and are able to put a sizable down payment, um, you know, because of either family situations or just even their own personal situations, their employment, their, uh, you know, what they're doing for their career. So, uh, you know, there's all parts of this market uh, that are contributing to the ability to, to get into it. Well, the, the thing that we do see as a result is there has been a lot of uh, Vancouverites that have cashed out and they have moved to the island, whether it's here in the capital region or upwards as well, too. So people have done very well uh, in this marketplace and still staying within the same area, right? We're going to talk to Thomas about going to Halifax, but I think the jump from Vancouver to Halifax is pretty severe, you know, whereas it's not just coming across on the ferry. No, no, it's it's a little ways to go. It's a it's a six hour flight, but direct, but uh, yeah. a little bit longer than jumping on a ferry and uh, coming over to the island for sure. For sure. Well, Kevin, hey, thanks for joining us again. Kevin Skipworth, he is a busy agent, also a managing broker and a partner at Dexter Realty, which is, by the way, folks, one of my favorite brokerages. Love your guys' office and uh, your leadership team is amazing. Uh, of course, we know each other through the instructor uh, um, uh, community of our regulator uh, and all that. 
um, uh, I mean, the rest of the team there, Deborah and Tony, and uh, a great, great team. So thanks for joining us today, Kevin. Absolutely. Thank you, Tony, and appreciate that. And uh, likewise, always good to know great people in this industry, and you're definitely high on my list. So thank you. <laughs> thanks. I need to take a quick, uh, quick break here. We're going to come back, and we're going to visit the Durham region of Toronto. Just a moment. Back in a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can download all 280 of our episodes of, over the course of the last six years by going to iTunes or Google uh, Google Play. And you can look up basically anything that you need at this moment. Maybe we had a guest four years ago that had content that is relevant to you now. There's lots of great stuff. So uh, be sure to sign up and listen to your heart's content. I'm taking you for a trip around the country a little bit earlier. We visited with John Cooper in Nanaimo talking about what's going on up there. Just finished up with Kevin Skipworth in Vancouver having a chat about how people can afford to live in a place like that. Uh, at the end of our program today, we're going to be visiting the other side of the country, Halifax, with my good friend Thomas Bajoglo. But right now, we are landing in the greater Toronto area, the GTA. And our guest right now, returning again from the Oshawa area, is Stefan Melichuk from uh, Coldwell Banker. Stefan, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, hey, Tony, no problem. Happy to be back on. Yeah, and listen, I mean, I sort of chatted with you with you about this before. I mean, we have lots of friends in the Toronto, the Metro Toronto area. We can ask them about what's going on there. I always, because we chat, you and I, every couple of weeks, and I, I'm always intrigued by what's happening in the Durham region, where, uh, where you are. Um, we, uh, you know, we've chatted about the fact that when the market exploded, um, your market area went nuts. But it also dropped quite a bit, too. So let's start with what's happening right now in your area. Well, we've been back to the bidding wars in, uh, in Durham region for quite a few months now. Uh, we're currently sitting at uh, just under a month of inventory. Mm -hmm. Almost every listing is back to holding offers again at all types of price points from $599 to $1.5 million. Um, oh, actually, hold, hold on seven. Uh, for our listeners, uh, one month worth of inventory, that means if nothing else was listed today, it would take one month to consume all of the inventory that was there with the level of uh, sales. Uh, Victoria presently is just over two months. You heard from Kevin Skipworth a few moments ago that Vancouver is two months. Um, I remember, Stefan, when you guys were half a month. Yeah. Yeah, there was a time in the peak of it all. Um, we were half a month. That, you know what? It feels like less inventory than even a month right now because we're getting, uh, you know, people listing their property on Monday, holding offers until the weekend on Sunday to do their offers, and it sells. So really, that that makes it feel like you got a week of inventory. Uh, <laughs> but there are some that that don't sell right away. They're quickly relisting. Um, at a higher price and and selling almost instantly after that. 
Well, you told me a few weeks back you had uh, there was one there was a ton of offers. Wasn't it like like thirty or forty offers or something? Twenty four offers on one of our own listings. Yeah, we had okay. twenty four offers. Um, Eleven of the twenty four were totally firm offers, no conditions. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not uncommon to see something go at list at five ninety nine and yep. get thirty to forty offers, like you were just saying. Um, certain price points, you know, it, it obviously the number of offers comes down at different price points here, uh, but our list price to sale price average is 110% right now. All right. So I, I think it's important to explain you guys are still seeing a lot of this uh, intentionally underpricing. So you just mentioned a 599 getting 30 offers. That was never truly a 599, right? I mean, that, that would have been something that was worth more, but underpriced to generate all this interest, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's a good example that one specific house, you know, it, in reality, the comp sat at somewhere between 775 to 800. If you had have listed right at market value based on the last two, three sales. But because there was 30 offers, people reached deep into their pockets and they ended up getting 842,000. So they actually got quite a bit above the most recent sale had they have just listed on market value. Yeah. Well, and again, it's important to remind uh, our listeners like we had that market a couple of years ago and we are not there right now because the difference uh, right now as well is it's common for us to see multiple offers, sure but it's even more common for them to be conditional. So they have some sort of condition on it. You are seeing unconditional ones, right? Yeah, nothing is selling with conditions right now. There still are some offers that will come in with conditions, uh, but you're almost guaranteed not to come out on top if you've, if you've got to have five days for a home inspection or five days for financing. Yep. Um, we are seeing people try to try to improve their conditional period, but uh there's just that much demand here in Durham. And uh, I, I think it's because, and for listeners, Durham region is about 20 minutes east of east of downtown Toronto. Um, there's still lots of value for your buck here. Our average price uh, for Durham region is 988,000. So you can get properties for five, 600,000. You can get properties for 1.5 million. So we are getting a lot of the GTA uh, the GTA buyers, investors coming east because there's good, good value here. Okay. Now, there is something that happened because your market was like this when everyone's was white hot. Things sold at high prices. But uh, what do they say? When the party is heavy, the hangover is rough. And when the market softened, I remember you, you guys in your neighborhood there, in your area, it was scary, wasn't it? Because it dropped, like it fell off the cliff. Absolutely. The buyers just stopped and uh, they they kind of had all the power. Um, instead of having five, six offers knocking at the door uh, for a million dollar house, you were lucky to have one person and, uh, and you know, they're throwing an offer in 150, 150,000 less than what you're listed at because they know they're the only people at the table. Yeah. So there was a lot of pain and suffering. And um, in the Durham region was one that had possibly the highest peaks in the Canadian market, but also had a significant drop in short order, right? Yeah, last summer was pretty scary. People were carrying inventory for a lot longer. 
um, two, two, three months before, before a property would sell. Um, you had to price very, very aggressively to, uh, to be the property that sold last summer. It was definitely tough. Um, and, you know, a lot of people's expectations, um, they saw all their neighbors, friends and family selling at high prices. So of course they want top dollar as well, but the buyers just, buyers weren't willing to go because they, they lost a lot of purchasing power. And I remember, like we we talked about some examples where, because I often ask you, you, you to to sell a house at whatever a million dollars, and and I'd say, you know, what would it have sold for in the peak? The difference was significant. It was like a couple hundred thousand, right? Absolutely, two three hundred thousand off. Um, yeah. To to put it in perspective, the also well, our our average price right now is nine eighty eight, and we've recovered fairly well, but. At our peak of the market that you're speaking about, the average price was over 1.2 million. Yeah, so yeah. We, even now with things improving, we're still sitting at around a $200,000 uh, price correction to this date. So, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because people here locally in Victoria feel this drop as well too, because we're still about 4% below where we were last year, but it's not as pronounced as the, the you know, what you guys have encountered. But I, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me here is that you guys are back, you're back and you're busy and the demand remains, right? Yeah. Buyers are back. I think they've realized, uh, it, you know, it, it really started ramping back up in January and February. So, uh, you know what, everyone said, okay, it's time to get going. And kind of what, when I was telling you that our buyers had, you know, difficulty with, with their price expectations. So we didn't have a lot of inventory because sellers, you know, they didn't want to sell when they saw these super high prices. So that created even more demand because we were in a low inventory market and a bunch of buyers coming out, uh, coming out to buy a house. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, hey, Stefan, you know what? It's always great to have you on here. We want to learn more about all the different areas in the country. And of course, you are in this real, this hotspot, Oshawa, in the Durham, uh, Durham region. Uh, if people need to reach you, I'm going to post uh, information on the CFAX page, but phone number just in case someone wants to call. Yeah, my phone number is 905-723-7474. Would love to speak to anyone who had questions about the Durham region. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us, Stefan. Need to take our break here, folks. When we come back, we're going to be visiting Halifax. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're taking you on yet another trip across the country today. You know, every once in a while, I think it's important for all of us here locally in Greater Victoria just to know what else is going on out there in other real estate markets, because after all, you know, the sun may rise and set here in Greater Victoria, and it is, after all, the promised land. However, people come here from other places. And, of course, we want to know about what those other places are doing market-wise. So we've heard from some of our guests. We've heard from Nanaimo, Vancouver, the Durham region outside Toronto, and right now, way on the other side of the country, I have my good friend and pal, known to many as the Lobster Daddy, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> It is Thomas Bajoglu. Thomas, how are you Thank doing you. over there? Great, great. We're hanging in there. We're in uh, sunny Wolfville, about an hour outside. But we've got some friends in from out of town, and we're just hanging out and thought we'd uh, take your call today. Oh, fantastic. You know, I always got to do the math, of course, because we're, we're four hours apart, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, but um, listen, I, I, it's been a while since we've had you on. 
Uh, Halifax is one of those market areas. When the market exploded, you guys went nuts because there was a lot of growth room in the Halifax market, right? Correct. Correct. Yes. So let's talk about prices. So what? how are things looking right now? Yeah. So here's what happened. Um, basically, at the pandemic, right? We'll keep this brief. Yeah. Uh, 2020, average price around that time, call it January just before, was 320000 Today, as we speak, it's 550000 Okay. So what's that as a comparison? That's an increase of 71% in three and a half years, roughly. That's an annual rate of about 20, 21%. If we took the highs and the lows between 2020, 21, 22, and now uh, six months into 23, about 20% increase. But you see, we had lots of room to grow because we started with an average price of 320. Some parts of Canada were 500, 800, 900,000 and more. Mm -hmm. So their level of growth would probably be more limited. But what has happened now is we've increased in price to 550,000, which is within 3% what it was this time as we speak one year ago. Mm -hmm. So basically the pricing's a bit stable. We did see uh, a pullback on pricing the last three months of 2022 that just passed. The average price was about $465,000. It is now today at 550,000 approximately. So good to note those differences. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at the number of sales, this is where we're hurting a little bit. We've got 2,100 real estate agents. Before the pandemic, there was uh, 1,400. So that's an increase of 50% more real estate professionals. What's your population again? Only 470,000. Only yeah. 470. Just a little bit bigger than us. So we're like 420. So you're a little bit bigger. Okay. Got yeah. It. As a comparison. And the number of sales this year is down a whopping 25%. So the prices are about on par within two, three percent, but the number of sales have dropped dramatically. We're a quarter lower than last year, and last year was even lower than the year before. Now, but so, like, like most most marketplaces, though, in 2022, yeah. you guys yeah. probably had an explosion in the first three or four months of 2022, right? We did. We did. We yeah. peaked out around May to June, give or yep. take a little bit. Mm -hmm. We definitely peaked out. But to give you an example, right now we have about 1,800 1900 sales under our belt as uh as a city metropolitan area mm -hmm. this time last year it was around 24 2500 so instead of 1800 we had 2500 and the year before 2021 which was the banner year for every city in canada uh historically and there was 3500 sales so in short from two years ago, the peak of June of 2021, we are down 50% in volume approximately. Mm -hmm. um, Sales are up, volume's down. Got it. So tell us, where are people coming from? Well, you see, people are coming from all over. As you know, like last year, there were about 470-some-odd thousand new immigrants to Canada spread all over. And as a result of our affordability and our natural inclination to welcome many different cultures, like Maritimers are known as being friendly, right? So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> definitely friendly. So we like to welcome people and people with a new start. Uh, so we've had our fair share of new immigrants, which has really helped us about 35,000 last year in HRM. 
But you see, we were only expecting 25,000. So we have a very big shortage of housing, and that's similar to many parts of Canada, but we have the second lowest vacancy rate in Canada, too. We basically toggle between uh, Toronto and, and ourselves. Uh, you know, we're definitely in the top three in terms of lowest vacancy, and depending on the year, we're the lowest or second lowest. So we've got an issue on the rental side. We've got an issue on the supply on the purchase side. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of new immigrants are coming to Canada. I think that's a positive thing. But unfortunately, they're being welcomed with these exorbitant prices. So it's like, welcome to your new country. And guess what? You're going to have to pay for a home. Mm -hmm. So having said that, they're looking for affordable and friendly and safe areas. So Nova Scotia, Halifax area, as well as other parts of the Maritime became a real destination. Mm -hmm. They had affordability, lifestyle everything all into one. And with the shortage of labor, uh, it made it easier to find employment as well. Fantastic. See, the, 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 the legend or the myth is that when the market was hot, the Torontonians were cashing out and they were either coming Correct. our way to the West Coast or going your Correct. way to the, east, to the East Coast. And of course, the economics always changed it because to remind our listeners, you know, Thomas was saying before the pandemic, average price 320, uh, so we were uh, at least double that, uh, and then right now you're what would you say five fifty? Five fifty, roughly, yes. Yeah, and same same thing, right? So uh, for someone to think about buying a house in Halifax for five fifty versus a house in Victoria for one point two, uh, big difference. A, it's a pretty big difference. And uh, you know what? I, I'm embarrassed to say to our listeners, and Thomas, you know this. I haven't been to Halifax yet. I got to get there. Everyone talks We're about how it's it. very Victoria-like, right? Yeah. Uh, except for the wintertime. The wintertime is a little it's, different, right? It's a little harsher here, but you know, it's a trade-off <laughs> for having great seafood and lobster. Don't forget about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. So um, really briefly, can we talk about you guys had wildfires not that long ago? This is an audit. We did. We did. We yeah. did. And we had close to, I think, in the last going off, just under close to 300 homes that burnt down. Oh, wow. And that was too close for comfort because I was in Europe at the time, um, partially on business. And uh, I was watching this happen. And we had left a couple of days before it started. And wow, for about 10 days or call it the better part of two weeks, but 10 days for sure. Those fires were horrendous. Like it was really warm here. It was smoggy. People would be inside and just having problems breathing. When you're talking city limits, like there were fires within a few miles of my home. Like that's surreal. Wow. We're not talking about way in the wilderness somewhere, right? Yeah. And that really impacted us a lot because we have never in our history had fires like that. Yeah. And that was, Hal- that was the Halifax side, not the Dartmouth side, right? That's correct. On the Halifax side, precisely. Yeah. Wow. And there were many, many different areas of Nova Scotia uh, that had fires all the way down the South Shore. Yeah. But specifically that influenced our specific community and every community is important. Um, but our community, there was close to 300 homes, over 200 that had uh, either burnt down or significantly damaged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's that's just... That, yeah, I'm glad everyone's okay now and, and uh, seems to have uh, um, 300 houses, though. That's, that's, that's really, really unfortunate. Um, but uh, again, just a quick little compare. I know that many of our listeners are from uh, the Maritimes, uh, from the East Coast. Yeah. So, of course, they know it. Um, but uh, again, from a comparison standpoint between Victoria and Halifax, both military towns, right? Both Very military. So, um... Yep. 
very much so. And then uh, other industry. So there's, uh, you know, the waterfront, of course. So there's fishing, there's um, uh, uh, marine activity, uh, many similarities, right? Government. So to to give you an example, 50%. The biggest, the biggest employer in Nova Scotia is Capital Health. So that's our provincial health system. Yeah. That's number one. But if you talk number one employer, it's all levels of government, federal, yeah. provincial, and municipal. And to give you an example, a few years ago, I think the numbers were about 110,000. I'm rounding, I'm maybe off a little bit, 110,000 military personnel, of which 85% are typically in the Halifax regional area. Mm-hmm. And if you think of our population, that just broke the barrier in December of 2022, six months ago, broke the 1 million mark for the first time. So when you have a little more than 100,000 in the military, that's 10% of our population in the military, mm-hmm. right? And, and the biggest employer is Capital Health. That's a federal, that's a provincial government. And, uh, you know, you, you take those two numbers alone and you've got 50, 60% of the people employed in the government, right? Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, as always, you know, it, it is, it is, it's great to go across the country and listen to numbers because you know what? Are the Victorians will right now, uh, you know, who haven't looked at uh, Halifax while ago, for a while ago? Oh my goodness, yes. five hundred thousand! Like you get a really nice home for a million bucks there, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We become a destination. I will say this: uh, COVID has put Halifax on the map. We're not just a government town. We're not just, and I shouldn't say just a military town. I want to leave the impression that we are known to be a smart city. We have like, like among the highest number of universities per capita in Canada. We focus on technology. We focus on like intellectual properties and studies. Um, we have been coined as the smart city, literally, when Halifax promotes, promotes itself abroad. There's so many great opportunities here, and affordability is one of them. Yeah. I mean, affordability in housing prices, what you can get for 700000 to use as an example, yeah. regardless of which district. It's a good chunk of money. So one so, million will blow the top off, right? Uh, I, I and I will tell the story. I think I mentioned this before. I had a military officer many years ago transfer from Victoria, an officer transfer from Victoria yes. to Halifax. We yes. sold his house. He bought a house in Halifax and a revenue property and a couple of toys yeah. as well, too. Right. Oh, gosh. And, and, and that's what you can do. Anyways, Thomas, so great to have you. It's a smart city. And if you're a smart buyer or seller, you're calling the Bajoglo team in Halifax at Remax Nova. Uh, Thomas, man, great uh, having you. We go to conferences all the time, all the time. You know, you we, uh, we are good pals and buddies. It's great yes. catching up yes. with you. Um, Thank you. And folks, if you need or if you have family in the Halifax region, you want to talk about investment or whatever, now you know the guy. I'm going to put his uh, information, contact information on the CFAX website or just reach out to me. And you know what? If you send someone his way, he might even send you 10 pounds of lobster. Right? Absolutely. 10 pounds of lobster, <laughs> live or cooked. Live. Some use them as pets, so you can keep the lobster as a pet, too. You know? I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Thomas. Uh, thank, you. thank you, our listeners, for listening to our cross-country tour today. Uh, as always, I'll be here for you this time next week.